Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Volodymyr Zelensky, President of the Ukraine. Your money is not charity. It's an investment in the global security. A bomb cyclone. The weather will be extremely dangerous. Problems for the holiday weekend. This omnibus spending bill. Closer to reaching an agreement, but we're still not there. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. The last program of 2022, the bomb cyclone. Did you hear it in Cheyenne, Wyoming? In 30 minutes yesterday, the temperature dropped from 43 degrees to 3 degrees in oh 30 goodness. minutes. I mean, that's when you uh, you don't want to be outside and uh, thinking, well, I'll just wear a light jacket. It's 43 out. I, I was showing Clark earlier. A friend of mine in Montana posted uh, his little weather station inside his house, and it was minus 21 where Ooh. he is in Montana. It is uh, December the 22nd, 2022, which means it is Thursday, which means we will play political trivia in a little bit. International Trade and Christmas is your category. Unfortunately, we've got to report to you that 18, I will not put the adjective in there because it might not be PG, 18 Republicans, Democrats in disguise, yeah, <laughs> voted for this omnibus bill, $1.7 Believe it or not, Tom Tillis did not vote for it. I mean, I, kudos to Tillis when he does right. It's, it happens less and less these days. But uh, Tom Tillis voted against the bill, saying it was bloated with left-wing priorities. Richard Burr was recorded as not voting. <laughs> now, Richard Burr, we've been saying for some time, Richard Burr is preparing to go on the, you know, international board of something, some, you know, company boards where he'll get paid $25,000 a year for showing up for a two-hour meeting maybe once a quarter. Yeah, that along with, uh, I'm not going to accuse him of anything other than being just a phenomenal uh, stock picker <laughs> and phenomenal at timing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe he's uh, maybe he's loaded with money. He's flush with cash. Don't need to do anything. Tillis said, I voted against the $1.7 trillion spending bill because it contains too much wasteful spending and misguided left-wing priorities. I think Tom has been listening to this program, and I think Tom realizes I better get on the stick and uh, try to recapture my conservative image. North Carolina families have struggled with inflation and have been forced to cut back on spending and make some tough decisions. Congress needs to start doing the same. Well said, Tom. Yeah. Well said. Now follow through in this. You know, in the next uh, uh, Congress, please follow through on that. Among the spending items in the bill are a 4.6 pay raise for service members as a part of the 10% increase in military spending. Tom Cotton voted for this bill, and that's the only. I mean, I don't know if if, if Arkansas got promised something or if it's just because <clears throat> of the military increase, but Tom Cotton of all people voted for this. I'm. I'm I'm flabbergasted. There's got to be there got to be some pork in the form of. Um, but you would think that Tom Cotton of all people would say, you know what? I, I, as much as I want to bring goodies back to my state, I'm not going to go with the pork. I mean, this this idea that these senators and congressmen can bring back the pork. I mean, there's got to be some way that we eliminate that entirely. I mean, they continually talk about it, but it never happens. 
we are in such we. You know what? I, I don't know if the poop will hit the fan of my lifetime, but I, I, I am I, I am quite confident the poop is going to hit the fan in our sons and grandchildren's lifetime. I'm sorry, kids. I, yeah, I, I'm starting to think it's going to hit in our lifetime. I used to think children and grandchildren, but it's 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 pretty dire now. It's so much worse than what it was. Um, I don't think I've seen where Tom Cotton had any kind of you know statement on voting for it. Maybe he's trying to avoid it. The uh, Now it goes to the House. Nancy Pelosi has said she hopes they will get it passed within five hours. She said about but from the time it passes the Senate, they send it over to the House. Now, I read a couple of articles. And by the way, um, kudos to Mike Lee, who tried to put an amendment on this thing tied to Title 42, which none of the Democrats wanted to vote for. I, I'm not sure exactly how this works. But apparently, uh, Mike Lee put in this amendment to extend Title 42 to the omnibus bill. Schumer had Democrats come up with a side-by-side amendment also addressing Title 42. That procedural trick gave both Democrats and Republicans a vote and canceled out Lee's amendment. At one point, um, Manchin and Cinema were going to come over and vote with Mike Lee's bill. Hmm. And it would have passed, which would have added that amendment. I, I, I wish I could tell you how this side-by-side um, deal works, but I, I don't know. But it was, uh, in the words of Mike Lee, it was an underhanded, dirty trick uh, that tried to make the Democrats look like they were serious on border <coughs> security, which he said they were not. Um, but kudos to Mike Lee. He's he, he is one of the few in the Senate that has been a very consistent vote in the right direction. Um, now, m- many of the 18 Republicans voted for this. Many of them, as you can expect, I mean, you, you know, the uh, the villains of the story. They're always there. Um, Susan Collins, uh, Milktoast uh, McConnell, Lisa Murkowski, uh, a few others. But Roy Blunt of Missouri, John Bozeman voted for it, Capito of West Virginia voted for it, John Cornyn, uh, he, he used to be a conservative. Yeah, he's from Texas. Texas yeah. yeah. Tom <clears throat> Cotton, Lindsey Graham, no surprise there, unfortunately. Jim Anhoff from Oklahoma, that surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry Moran from Kansas, uh, Lisa Murkowski, I mentioned her. John Portman, outgoing John Portman from Ohio. Mitt Romney, no surprise there. Mike Rounds from South Dakota. Richard Shelby from Alabama. Shame one, Richard Shelby. Alabama got a lot of pork. I saw that. They got tons of pork. Yeah, and he's here. outgoing, by the way. Yeah. He, and in fact, he got more pork out of this than any other outgoing senator. Well, I, I, I saw that the, the total. I didn't see details, but have you 1. seen one point seven billion? Have you seen any total. details? I just saw that one point okay. seven billion, and, and uh, Let, University of Alabama, Tuscaloosa got millions. And uh, since you said he's outgoing, I didn't realize he was outgoing. But let's make a prediction, see if I'm right. I'll look it up at the break. I bet there's a building there with his damn name on it. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Let's let's look that up. Uh, Mike Rounds, Richard Shelby, John Thune, Richard Wicker, and uh, Todd Young all voted for it. I, I, I'm I, I'm just floored. I really am floored that that many Republicans would come come over and vote for this. Those, those Republicans, uh, I bet if you look at the list and what the st- goodies that their states, I bet it's astronomical. I bet. 
Well, four outgoing Republicans got a total of $1.7 billion. Now, I don't know that Richard Burr got anything. Again, he didn't even vote for it. Um, it was, uh, but, but I started to say, I did see one article that indicated that there were members of the House that were going to try to put a Title 42 amendment mm. before the House votes on it. Well, the word is Richard Burr was going to vote for it, but uh, he couldn't get them to build a, build a national lawnmower museum in Winston-Salem. In, in his name. They're going to say a sock museum. Well, yeah, he was a lawnmower salesman before yeah. he went to Congress and started spending the taxpayers' money like a drunken sailor. Yeah. Well, they, they do do that well. Uh, you know, I wish I could. I, I'm sorry to our listeners that here it is. Here it is on the eve of Christmas Eve. Yeah, we should be positive, shouldn't we? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let's lighten things up. Uh, you have cut one in there, Clark. Cut one. Now, uh, let me find my introductory remarks. Uh, now, my apologies to any of you that think this is somehow sacrilegious. Um, but It's just plain funny. It is good. Now, you have to listen carefully to the words. But keeping in the spirit of Christmas, a Christmas carol that would be appropriate for today's news. Um, and by the way, I, I really like this. And Benny was telling me that he sung this. At church a few years ago. In fact, Monday night the Embers did this at their concert. Mary, did you know? But but wait. Uh, and again, we're not being sacrilegious here. But this is the Babylon B version. Biden, did you know? <laughs> Biden, did you know that your policies would drive us underwater? Biden, did you know? That your policies would trans our sons and daughters. Did yeah, you say. know that your policies will punish what is true? The church that you subscribe to does not subscribe to you. Biden, did you know? Did you know that your baby boy made shady deals in Ukraine? Biden, did you know that your baby boy loves Parmesan and cocaine? Did you know that you shouldn't touch these women like Sniff that little girl's hair. It's borderline me too. Biden, did you know that your policies would bring about inflation? Biden, did you know that your policies would one day ruin the nation? Did you know that your policies make Herod's reign seem bland? One day you'll have to answer to the great 
not covering Brandon's heroics. This, uh, Brandon, he, what does he play? Well, Mr. President, they're not, um... Folks, let's hear it for Brandon. What a job he's doing. Let's go, Brandon. Now back to News and let's News go. on 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. It is December the 22nd, 2022. You know, it's interesting. On the way over here... Clark always prints up for me uh, with the weather. He prints up for me things that happened in history today. I was really curious. When I was over here coming over today thinking about this boondoggle omnibus bill that's passed on top. I mean, how many – I mean, I, I heard somebody saying today that it's not going to be long before the payment on the debt is a trillion dollars a year. The payment on the debt, just the interest payment. And I mean, I, I can remember in my lifetime the first time we were a billion dollars in debt, and everybody was just outraged. Oh at yeah, it. yeah. Now, but on the way over, I was thinking about when are the American people just going to rise up and say enough is enough? When are they going to start tar and feathering some of these people that are making these decisions? And my mind went back to the Romanian Revolution of 1889 when Nicolae Ceausescu and his wife Elena tried to leave the country. I mean, there was a major revolution. They tried to leave the country. They were caught. They were captured. They were tried, and they were executed before a firing squad. And that all happened within about two weeks. Believe it or not, it happened today. It happened today in 1989. Wow. Hmm. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the bad thing about it, we've talked about it before, and sometimes it glosses over people when you say this, but really the dead is like, five to six times more than what it is when you consider the unfunded promises. Yep. That, that's just the yep. promises the federal government's made with entitlements like Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and those types of things. If you consider those, uh, the debt's like six times what it really and, is. And by the way, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but when the poop hits the fan, that's going to be the first thing that goes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there won't, well, there won't be anything to pay. And I mean, it's not because somebody will make the decision we're not going to pay you anymore. There won't be anything to pay you with. Nope. And can you imagine what's going to happen and what it will look like when all of a sudden, because they won't give any warning about it. All of a sudden, no, no you wake all up. All of a sudden, there's no checks. There's no, uh, yeah. you know, there's no. Uh, when you go and take those snap cards to the store and you can't buy anything, um, yeah, that's, that's going to be a. Then that, that's day. when it gets really ugly. You want to have some uh, stuff stockpiled, and you might want to have something to defend yourself with. Just saying. Taking a quick look at your frigid forecast. Cloudy tonight, low of 46. It was actually balmy out today. I mean, the sun came out for a few minutes this afternoon and got up into the 60s. I hope you enjoyed it because uh, starting uh, tomorrow, uh, it's going to – tomorrow you're going to wake up to gusty winds, morning high of 50 degrees, by mid-afternoon uh, will be – well, remember I just said what happened in Cheyenne, Wyoming? It's not going to happen in 30 minutes, but we're going to go from 50s to 20s wow. over a period of a, a mm. few hours. Um, taking a look at Christmas Eve, sunny skies, a high of 31. A high of 30. Not your low, your high. Lows near 20. So all in all, it is a uh, – you know, if you, if you like a frosty Christmas – you're you're in for a nice Christmas. A little public service announcement: Go out and unhook your water hoses. Yep. Turn, I've got to sure do that tonight. Make by sure the way. your water's off. Unhook the water hoses so there's no dripping of water uh, in the pipes or 
and uh, go buy. And uh, I, I say this, and we're going to probably have Lowe's sell out of these things, but the the little um, mittens that you put on top of the uh, outdoor faucets to uh, insulate them. I bought ten new ones last yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm going to get there. There's not going to be any left. Um, by the way, yesterday we told you that there was a lawsuit filed after a North Carolina professor was fired for criticizing critical race theory at the North Carolina Governor's School. Uh, this morning, PJ Media was reporting that Jim Crow is back, that UNC had introduced new segregated research fellowship, the University of North Carolina, a far left stronghold. This is a national uh, outlet that reported this. A far left stronghold in a generally more conservative state is introducing a new research fellowship that is open only to students of preferred races. Uh, that was this morning. This afternoon, Fox News came out. The University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill has deleted criteria for a nutrition fellowship program that was initially only eligible to black indigenous and people of color following a civil rights complaint. The Global Food Research Program webpage for the university under the criteria section initially said that students who wish to apply must be racially ethnic background of black, indigenous, or people of color that is historically marginalized in academia and the field of nutrition in the United States. Quote, Currently, the field of nutrition is overwhelmingly compromised of white researchers. <laughs> Listen, if, if are the white researchers only saying white people can eat the food that they come up with? The, uh, wow. Increased black, indigenous, and people of color representation in food policy research is critical for developing effective, equitable, comprehensive and culturally competent policies that address nutrition-related health disparities. Uh, to, bottom line is, North Carolina, there was an individual who uh, filed a complaint. His, he was a University of Michigan professor, Mark Perry, sent the federal uh, civil rights complaint to Washington, D.C. Office for Civil Rights for illegal discriminations on the basis of race, color, and or national origin in violation of Title uh, VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. In violation of that title, non-black, indigenous, and people of color students are illegally excused from fellowship for exploring research and nutrition. Anyway, make a long story short, UNC's Chapel Hill Media Relations Manager, Pace Stagester, told Fox, that the criteria did not reflect the school's commitment to inclusion and that they were going to take it down, which they did. But the idea that this does not reflect the school's commitment to inclusion is total garbage. I mean, UNC, just like every other state university in this country, go out of their way to hire people that gleefully want to come in and promote woke ideology, Marxist principles, and make sure they <coughs> hire uh, people that they get to check off the correct intersectionality boxes. And when you hire those people, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get people that propose crap like this. You know, this term, mar marginalize, um, <laughs> it gets thrown out now. I mean, yeah. victim. And, and victim I'm, yeah, I just look at Oxford, the Oxford English Dictionary. You know, they're, the, the process of uh, making someone feel as if they have no power. 
to make decisions or n- no power um, and putting someone in their position that Who's they have no power. Who's making all the decisions at universities right now? Yeah, it's – you know – now, granted, if you sat here and said that uh, black Americans in the 1800s – you cannot sit here and say they were not marginalized. Yeah, they, were they, marginalized. They, they obviously were. Right. Um, but that would be how many years ago? And even <laughs> even 50 years ago, things were completely different than they are now. But, but to continue to do this, it's just a, it's just a, to me, it's a matter to continue to divide people. Um, because it, it, I mean, how far will you take this? Will you take this into every walk of life and say, look at the National Basketball Association? Are white men marginalized? You know, I want to be a part of the Harlem Globetrotters. I mean, should we make would she, should we make the the National Basketball Association, the National Football League, look like America? Okay, if it's going to look like 50% America, fifty percent of our women. Yeah, I mean, give me a break. It's just crazy. Five six one eight two five five. We still have uh, Tom. Tom on the line. Hey Tom. Hey Tom. How y'all doing today? Doing well. Good. Good to hear from you. Merry Christmas. Yeah, you too, you too. I was just listening to your uh, conversation you were having earlier, really kind of at the beginning of the show, and you were talking about, you know, you know it's going to hit the fan, but you, you know, right. will it hit during your lifetime? But I think it's going to hit a lot sooner than that. Well, there you don't you don't know how old I am either. <laughs> well, well, you're just a little bit older than I am. And, uh, you know, it's, you've got people, you got president violating the Constitution every yep. day. Yep. You've got... Senators, Congress people violating the Constitution every day. They are, in my mind, I still believe this wholeheartedly. When they send this money off to these different countries, some of it's coming back and going into people's checking accounts. Oh, bingo. Oh, no, that, absolutely. Absolutely. And absolutely. yet they expect us to live on the little nibbles that they leave behind. Yeah. I mean, Tom, to your point, how many times have we seen countries that we have, uh, you know, in the last 30, 40 years, the the people in charge all of a sudden become some of the wealthiest people in the world, or at least they live like that anyway. Well, the guy from uh, the, the president of Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, Car- he was, side, or yeah, he, when he was living, leaving his country to flee for his life or whatever the reason they was getting, well, he was fleeing for his life. I mean, he had pallets of cash that he couldn't even get onto the helicopter with. Oh, you, you wait and see what Zelensky ends up looking like after this. Oh yeah, oh bingo, bingo. Um, but but the, would you would you get to that point of when, when they get down to that last little nudge of taking everybody's weapons away from them? That's going to be the push. Yep. Well, when I that say when I be- when I'm talking about it hitting the fan, I mean what you have brought up. You, you are correct. That part of it has already hit the fan, and so therefore that's one of the reasons why I say the the rest is inevitable. And um, but when I say hit the fan, waking up and suddenly realizing that there is no social security check, and you know there's people out there who say, oh, you know they're fear mongering. Listen, if you if you think that everything is going to go along, continue to go along, just wonderful and just at the same pace without there being a major collapse, uh, you're, you're dreaming. Uh, there's no way well, that uh, can't happen. You and I talked about it once before. There is more going on wrong with this country now yeah. than when the first Civil War happened. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ten times more going wrong. And we're just sitting back taking it. Um yeah, nobody wants that to happen, but, you know, I don't want to be responsible for everybody on the planet. I can barely take care of my own. Yep. 
No, I hear you. Good but I've got to be responsible for some guy in, in Ukraine that I don't know. Well, and, so, and you have no idea where the money, as you said, where exactly is the money going? And by the way, uh, there was something, how many millions were in this budget? I think it was 600, was it 600 million to, to uh, find out or, or to, to follow where the money in the Ukraine is actually going? Oh, yeah. It was some, <laughs> some astronomically high number just to follow up to find out where the money, that the money is actually going to where it's supposed to go. And you look at you look at what's happened at the border for the last couple of years, especially. Um, you know, the, there, there's absolutely no way the the Democrats will ever lose if they take over Texas. I mean, it's over with. You, you can play all the politics you want to. If the Republicans for some reason lost Texas, they'll never win another presidential election. And there's been millions in the last two years come over the border and still coming over the border. And I think that. And I think after that, you'll have people like. Tom Tillis voting for, uh, you know, amnesty in this well, the, latest thing. Well, he just proposed it. Yeah, he just proposed it. He just proposed it. it. And then all, then all of a sudden you got Texas is blue. Yep. yep. Well, it'll be interesting to see if Mr. Tillis ends up with any money in his accounts over the next few years. Somehow when they when they leave Washington, D.C., about 99% of them are a whole lot richer when they leave than when they got there. Just saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at Obama. But listen, they're public servants, Tom. They're public servants. Don't don't question that. Yeah, and there's just as many Republicans as them. I mean, oh yeah, all, oh all, yeah. That's the problem. Dirty. That's yeah. why we need term limits. I, I, I've said right. that for decades, and we that's need exactly term right. limits. If it, that I mean, it's going to take a while for the trickle down of term limits to actually help. And and there's no there's no. I, I don't see that on the horizon. I mean, I hope we have a convention of states, but I don't see I don't see that on the horizon. Well, that's why they should have a convention of states for one issue, which you have you pretty much have to do, and let's just let that one issue be term yeah. limits. Yeah. And I think they could get the necessary votes in the states for that. Yeah. Let me ask you guys a question: Do you really think that AOC deserves a retirement that she's going to get when she leaves that office? Yeah, five years. She's fully vested. Yeah. No. Yeah, no well, yeah. to answer the question, no, I do not think she she deserves it at all. But I don't think any of them do. Well, a handful might, but well, they're public one. servants. I mean, don't give me this. You know, I mean, I I, I, I say what you're saying. I have, to, I have to work for twenty plus years. Bingo. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Hey, Tom, thanks for the call. Merry Christmas to you and your family. And uh, we are going to take a time out, but when we come back, we're going to play political trivia. Let's, it, it's Christmas Eve. It's the Eve of Christmas Eve, or something like that. So uh, let's loosen things up. And got a little Christmas question for you. I, I think it'll go pretty quick. 561-8255. Got a great prize package. We'll play political trivia when we get back. All right, welcome back. It is Political Trivia for December the 22nd, 2022. Your category, International Trade and Christmas. <clears throat> Prize package includes a free oil change for your car pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Gift certificate from Fit for Life, including free training sessions. A $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno in Havelock or El Mexicano in Newport. A $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden. Delicious made-from-scratch goodies. And a gift certificate to the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family have recently won, let 60 days pass before you play again. 
All right. I've got a short little novel to read to you as a preamp to the uh, preamp to the uh, question. Back in the 1800s, entrepreneur Henry Cole worked with designers to develop a range of decorative giftware which were marketed under the brand name Felix Summerlee's Art Manufacturers. In 1850, Henry Cole became the chairman for the Society for the Encouragement of Arts, Manufacturers, and Commerce, which made him well-placed to push for improvements in such areas as patents and oversee partial post services. In 1851, he put together UK's first international trade exhibition with over 14,000 exhibitors. By all measures, he was a great success. However, it is for something else, something much more simple for which he would be remembered. Something that you would have likely come across pretty recently. For what is it that we ought to give Henry Cole credit for? Five six one eight two five five. First up, it's uh, is it David? David. From David from Kinston. Hey, David. Hello, David. <laughs> is is it's that like it. is that David's answer? <laughs> for what is it that we ought to give Henry Cole credit for? It's not that hard, David. Call back. <laughs> five six one eight two five. You probably fell asleep during the question. <laughs> Okay, Henry Cole, great success. What is it that we ought to give Henry Cole uh, credit for? David's Googling right now. A lot of people are Googling right now. (laughs) Something that you uh, came across relatively recently. 5618255. Do I need to give a hint already? Well, I saw some today, matter of fact. You saw some today? Yeah, I saw some today, sure. So. There's a good hit. There you go. You know the you know the thing. The thing. Five six one eight two five five. This is uh, are the phones working? This never happens. Last week we were inundated. Five six one eight two five, and they're they're starting to go. Maybe people are at their company Christmas party, <clears throat> uh, nibbling on. Well, let's let's find out if they slur their words. Yeah, nibbling on uh, some eggnog or something. <laughs> Who you got, Chris or Clark? Let's go to Jimmy in Greenville. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, guys. You think you got it? What? What is it for which we got Henry? Uh, he gets credit. Henry Cole. Christmas card. You got there it. There you go. You got it. First caller that got through, you got it. He was the first guy to send out commercial Christmas cards in 1843. He personally commissioned the design, the production of the first commercial Christmas cards. Sir Henry, as he was known, had a thousand cards engraved, hand-colored, sending half of these to his friends, selling the remainder for a shilling apiece. Recently, they came across one of these cards, and it sold at auction for 25,000 pounds. Wow. Yeah. So, I didn't have to give any of the hints. There you go. Congratulations. Where are you calling from? Greenville. All right. Well, hang on the line, and uh, Clark's going to get all your information. And thanks. Well, <laughs> you were the caller. You won. That's a good thing because the phones weren't ringing today. Stay with us, Vinny, and I'll be right back.
here I was, little Ralphie Parker, a certified adult. Christmas was all up to me now. You want a baby gun for your kid? What are you, nuts? There's a 14-day waiting period. Your son, Triple Dog, dared another child at school today. We do not tolerate bullying, Mr. Parker. All the Christmas stories throughout the season. And there we sat, gazing at a gender-neutral leg, wearing sensible shoes glowing in the window. Decode the day's news with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Congratulations to uh, Jimmy Hayes of Greenville, North Carolina. He got our political trivia question correct. It was uh, Henry Cole that came up with the first commercial Christmas card. He actually thought it would save him time. Apparently, he used to write letters to all his friends. Mm. You know, it's amazing the the time-saving stuff we have today. L- less thought put into it. And oh, yeah. Of course, you get an email, and you just reply, yes. <laughs> no. I, I found a, um, a book in a used bookstore, actually, <laughs> in Charlie Hurt's father's bookstore in Chatham, Virginia. Really? His father's a writer. Half Um, half of our listeners under 35 are saying, what's a book? Yeah. (laughs) And and it's it's letters, uh, Theodore Roosevelt's letters. Huh. And it's pretty good. I mean, you can read, you can just open any section and just start reading, you know, but uh, different letters. Theodore Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt. That would be interesting. And it's really good. And and you just think about, one, number one, (laughs) How well educated they were, yeah, yeah. and just uh, you know, hey, there wasn't phones, there wasn't emails, and uh, but they're really interesting to read. And I'll just pick it up every now and then, read one I haven't read before. Jonathan Turley, he's a smart guy. He is good. He is uh, writing on the response the FBI gave concerning these troves of Twitter briefs that are being released. He writes, it's not clear what's more chilling, the menacing role played by the FBI in Twitter's censorship program or its deceitful response to the disclosure of that role. This week saw another FBI nothing to see here statement to the release of the files detailing how it actively sought to suppress the Hunter Biden story before the 2020 election, gave millions to Twitter and targeted even satire or tiny post that did not conform with his guidelines. The releases document what some of us have thought all along, a system of censorship by surrogate or proxy. The FBI has largely shrugged and said there's nothing concerning over 80 agents working on the censoring of Twitter users, including many Americans. In the latest statement, the FBI stated it did not command Twitter to take any specific action when flagging accounts to be censored. Quote, we're providing it so they can take whatever action they deem appropriate under their terms of service to protect their platform and protect their customers, but we never direct or ask them to take any action. Now, wait a minute. If the FBI showed up to your office and said, uh, hey, Benny, um, we would suggest to you that you do this um, are you going to go and say, well, that's the only suggestion. I'm not going to pay any attention to that. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. The FBI shows up to your office and say, uh, now, they, they didn't say that they used the word, this is a suggestion. That's what they're saying now. 
The files show a previously undisclosed back channel of contacts where FBI nudged Twitter to censor users, and Twitter proceeded to do so. Many are like the November 10th email saying, quote, Hello, Twitter contacts. FBI San Francisco is notifying you of the below accounts, which may potentially constitute violation of Twitter's terms of service for any action or inaction deemed appropriate within Twitter policy. Now, since when did the FBI, does the FBI make sure that company policy is enforced? I mean, this is not law. This is company policy. So if Ironwood Country Club, because of heavy rains today, decides that all golf carts must remain on the golf path, is the FBI going to come in and say, hey, I saw Benny Hardy out there. He violated that policy. <laughs> Notably... When four such accounts were given such purely discretionary, non-threatening, in-the-slightest-flags, Twitter suspended three of the four accounts and called for a review of the fourth account flagged by the FBI. It's, and this is based on, quote, possible civic misinformation. It's all just friendly chit-chat from the public sector engagement squad at the FBI's San Francisco office. The files also reveal a message to the former Deputy General Counsel and former FBI General Counsel Jim Baker revealing that Twitter collected $3,415,323 from the FBI. Jim, for your information, in the 2019 scale instituted a reimbursement program for our legal processes response from the FBI prior to the start of your program Twitter chose not to collect under the statutory right of reimbursement for the time spent processing requests from the FBI. I'm happy to report to you we've collected $3,415,323 since October of 2019. Like Twitter needed the money. The correspondence between the FBI and Twitter show nothing more than examples of our traditional long... This is from the FBI. The correspondence between the FBI and Twitter show nothing more than more examples of our traditional, long-standing, ongoing federal government and private sector engagements, which involve numerous companies over multiple sectors and industries. As evidenced in the correspondence, the FBI provides critical information to the private sector in an effort to allow them to protect themselves and their customers. What <coughs> BS. Mm -hmm. They go on to say, the men and women of the FBI work every day to protect the American public. It is unfortunate that conspiracy theorists and others are feeding the American public misinformation with the sole purpose of attempting to discredit the agency. And again, this is reported not by some right-wing conspiracy loon. This is Jonathan Turley. Yeah, John, and Jonathan Turley you know, notably was uh, was on the defense scene of Donald, Donald Trump during the impeachment trial, um, and and you have said before he didn't vote for Donald Trump. Yep. But I, but I tell you, Jonathan Turley, uh, he pr probably would never get appointed to the Supreme Court just because he's. Um, I mean, really, you know, he's got a long career of making commentary, so much commentary. Yeah, yeah, he's made a living off of it. Yeah, but. But he's the kind of guy that you need in the Supreme Court. I, mean, I know there's probably a lot of conservatives who would disagree with me, but he really looks at the law and looks at the Constitution. And well, you know what's interesting about and, and your comments remind me of this, that if you're going to follow the Constitution and literally follow the Constitution, 
and look at that as law and embrace it as law, you're going to be conservative. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, he's he's never really been a strong advocate for you know, particular issues. He's always now he's argued for from an advocate position for you know his position on his interpretation of, of the Constitution, that type of thing. But we've talked about it before too many times in the last few years. It's really gotten worse under President Obama and, and uh, President Biden. Of course, number one, they got to check a box. It's got to be a female, and it's got to be you know black female now. The last time that kind of thing, but but they're they're appointing uh, advocates for you know far left positions. Just like I don't think it should be a Supreme Court member of uh, advocate for their life or a far right position. It should right. be the law, regardless of where as it was written, and that's what we should look at. But I like I like Johnson Turley. Yeah, for sure. A little Christmas story to close things out for 2022. A journalist in Washington, D.C. named Emily Miller was out putting wreaths out for wreaths across America where they put, they they go up to Arlington Cemetery Mm. and they Mm -hmm. put a wreath on every grave at Christmas time. While she was out there, who does she run across putting wreaths out? Very, no publicity, although, you know, he had security detail inconspicuously standing by. Who was out there putting out Reese? Donald Trump. Not Donald Trump. Justice Clarence Thomas. How about that? Yeah. My hero. I love it. And uh, he did stop and take a picture with uh, Emily with a big smile on his face. But you, in all honesty, with the way he was bundled up, you would never have thought that it was Clarence Thomas. But, uh, yeah, people like that uh, just uh, bring a smile to your face. Hey, listen, everybody, have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas. Look forward to being with you in 2023. We're out of here. All right. All right.